The concept or idea for the, this study today, a Bible study on faith, I actually inherited from my father, who was a lifelong preacher. And when he retired, I inherited his sermon notes, which uh, through the years he had typed out manually on a manual typewriter. And um, he always told, gave a lot of illustrations, a lot of stories. But I discovered as I started studying his notes that he often said illustration dash, but he didn't write down what the illustration was about. And so I'd, I'd go back to him later and say, Dad, I remember the sermon. Do you remember the illustrations where I said illustration dash? He said, no. <laughs> so um, I had to come up with my own illustrations. Um, but uh, I do remember him, him preaching on this, on this verse. Um, where the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. And uh, in, in my Greek transliteration Bible, uh, what they said literally was, Lord, add to us faith, which, of course, means the same thing. And that's a tremendous request. That's a, that's a beautiful uh, prayer. So I want to talk about what faith is and perhaps what faith isn't. Um, one schoolboy was asked what he thought faith was, and he says, believing what ain't so. So he thought faith was. And um, the dictionary, you look it up, there's a lot of key words, uh, such as trust, probably the most important one, confidence, belief, and there certainly is everyday faith. In fact, you wouldn't have civilization or society at all if there wasn't a certain measure of faith and trust. Uh, when we get on an airplane, we have a certain trust that it's going to be able to get off the ground and, of course, more importantly, come back down and land. Um, we uh, have a certain amount of faith in credit cards. Um, you can go online now and place an order for something you've never seen, ordered from some company you've never seen, and get something you've never seen before, and pay for it with money you've never seen. <laughs> so that takes that takes a certain degree of, of trust. Um, of course, you've got to be careful, too, because obviously there are people who take advantage of, of all of these systems. Um, when you go to the ER, the emergency room, you have to have faith uh, that they'll help you, and most of the time they do. Um, of course, you always good to get a second opinion because uh, in spite of the tremendous advances that modern medicine has made, um, the fourth leading cause of death in the United States is medical errors. But we are dealing with, you know, in an imperfect world. But, of course, most of the time it works out uh, tremendously. Uh, a great blessing, and I happen to be an example of that. Um, my local family practice doctor uh, always smiles when he sees me as the person. He says, oh, you're the one who takes no, no medications. I said, that's right. I said, not that I wouldn't. If I broke my arm, I'd take some pain medication. But I said, I try not to stay on them. Yeah, yeah. He says, you're unique. I said, yeah, I know. 
um, but you know, since I have a, a um, I have a valve, a bovine valve. I mean, that's a quite amazing, really. And uh, particularly when I was talking with somebody recently who, who, who knows animals, and we were talking about the fact that they told me this bovine valve would last 20 years. He said, well, most cows only live 15 years. <laughs> and I said, well, maybe, hopefully, in here it's under less stress. You know? <laughs> so maybe it'll last a little longer. Um, but I'm thankful, you know. Uh, there are some things I say no to. If I... Uh, or be told that I had to take human radiation, I would say, no, thank you. There's other ways to, to, uh, to fight cancer. Um, we, uh, there's all, all ways. And in fact, I would say that it takes a certain degree of faith and trust to just drive through Dallas uh, <laughs> because there's risks in everything we do. Um, in fact, I, I know some people that just don't drive. They won't, you know, they'll go the long way around rather than have to, and I don't blame them. Uh, I don't blame them at all. And in fact, in, in, in times in history, and even more recently in uh, China, during the Cultural Revolution, when everybody was spying on everybody else, turning people in, and, and of course they were starving to death because of the collective farms and not allowed to have their own gardens. And um, so nobody could trust anybody. And so you had millions of people suffering and millions of people dying. There are certainly different kinds of faith according to the Bible. There's a theoretical faith. James uh, 2.19 says that even the devils believe and tremble. So they believe, but it doesn't change them. There's a blind faith. Some people take a sentence or a word or a verse in the Bible. Don't look at anything else, just that one verse on a particular subject. That's it, you know. And even when other biblical information is presented to help them get the bigger picture, not interested, you know, sorry. They've already made their mind up. But um, God says, come now and let us reason together. Apparently, he wants us to use our mind uh, as well as our faith. And then there's a dead faith. James talks about dead faith. Faith without works is dead. In other words, faith that doesn't transform us. If, if we're not allowing our faith in Christ to transform us and nothing else has changed, then we really don't have faith. We have a theoretical faith. It's up here, but it's not in the heart. Um, and then there's a saving faith. A beautiful verse from Ephesians 2.8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. That's true faith. And then Romans 12.3 says that God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So faith itself is a gift. Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the assurance of things being hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That happens to come from my uh, Greek transliteration Bible. In John 3.16, so whosoever believes in, 
And then the Amplified Bible takes all of the Greek and expands it. Translated in English, trust, clings to, relies on him. Um, and even further in the Greek, it says that everyone believing in him may not perish. The faith transaction, the journey of salvation, is not a single event. It's a day by day. It's a walk. That's what the Bible talks about, the walk of faith, walking with the Lord. Um, there are some people that believe, well, I said the right words, and boom. And that's all it's taken care of. I can do it, do as I please, and, and, and I'm home free. Uh, you know, once saved, always saved. But that's not in the Bible. The Bible says that we are to day by day, as Paul says, day by day, Amen. surrendering, uh, dying to self, saying yes to Jesus Christ. A saving faith is trusting God's heart, even when we cannot see his hand. Book Education says, faith is trusting God, believing that he loves us and knows best what is for our good. That's so important. Because sometimes, as human beings, we're tempted to think, well, I, I know, Lord, that you know what is best, but it sure doesn't feel like it. It <laughs> doesn't seem like it. Um, but it's trusting God that he knows what is best. In fact, Romans 8.28, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. The eighth chapter of the book of Romans really is kind of Mount Everest in all of Paul's writings. It's just magnificent. Uh, in my uh, Greek Bible, it says, the same verse, it says, To the ones loving God, all things he, capitalized, works together for good. Even more powerful, more, more active um, tense used there. Yes, faith is constant. It's not constant, but it, it was dynamic. In other words, it can be lost. First Timothy 1.19, Some concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck. And again, Paul writing to Timothy said, some will depart from the faith. And they have and they did. So your faith is either getting stronger every day or getting weaker. Faith is like swimming upstream. If you stop swimming, you're going to be floating downstream. Now here's some surefire ways to weaken your faith. This is reverse psychology. Um, Surefire ways to weaken your faith. Avoid Bible study and prayer. Avoid morning and evening worship. And instead, worship Hollywood. Skip Sabbath school and church as often as possible. Avoid giving tithes and offerings. Because, paraphrasing this verse that Jesus gave, for where your treasure is not, there will your heart not be also. Avoid sharing your faith. Cherish negativity about the Bible, church members. Talk doubt and discouragement. Be as sad as possible all the time. Um, be ready to give up your faith in your church with the slightest difficulty. Believe in science first, Bible second. And you know there are many, many Christians that believe in theistic evolution. They somehow think they can merge the two. 
that God used evolution to create the world. All that's telling us is they worship science instead of God. Um, There is no such thing as theistic evolution. And certainly neglect the the gift of prophecy given to this church to share with the world. Anytime God gives us gifts, it's because we need them. I once had, when I was overseas and then later came back and and, uh, talking with a a person from Europe and... um, they uh, said, yes, the, the, the spirit of prophecy is wonderful, but it's for Americans. Europeans don't need it. They've got Martin Luther. Uh, but the Americans really need it, uh, so it's okay for them. Thankfully, I believe that attitude has changed because there's been uh, centers, um, I guess you would say, of influence set up at our schools and universities where they brought over original documents of the spirit of prophecy from the founders of the church where they can actually look and see and realize that this was, our church was founded, that God was leading, and he used a special gift to encourage. So thankfully, this this attitude has changed. The Bible pathway to greater faith, such as Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Then John 20, 31 says, These things were written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, Son of God, and that believing you may have life eternal. Psalms 9.10 says, Those who know your name will put their trust in you. And Job 22.21, Acquaint now yourself with him and be at peace. Of course, Hebrews 11, the faith chapter. This is the story of real people, real problems, real discouragements, but even when they fell and crashed, and some of them crashed pretty badly spiritually, they got up. They were still facing the kingdom, and they did not give up on God, and God did not give up on them. Psalms 122.1 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Some years ago, there was an elderly deaf lady in another church, who faithfully went to church every Sabbath. So somebody wrote her, you know, the question, why do you bother? You can't hear a thing. Her answer was, I want people to know whose side I'm on. That's faith. That's trust. Psalm 107, 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. In other words, to speak up for God. Do you know our words that we speak actually have an effect on us? They have an effect on others too, but probably the number one person that's affected is us. So talk faith. If we would give more expression to our faith, we should have more faith, ministry of healing. Um, there were uh, some years ago there were students on a short-term evangelistic trip, mission trip, and the young man said to the teacher, I don't think I should read tonight's sermon. Not sure I believe it. Don't want to be a hypocrite. The teacher said, you don't have to understand or believe it all now. 
Just do your best to read it well. After the meeting, the student came back to the teacher and said, something happened. I'm now beginning to understand and to believe. The power of God's word. And Life Sketches says, we have nothing to fear for the future except as we shall forget the way that the Lord has led us and his teaching in our past history. I want to share some, some other um, beautiful quotations. The, um, from uh, the book Selected Messages, our faith and our feelings are as distinct as East is from the West. So in other words, don't trust your feelings. Choose to trust God. Our feelings are influenced by a lot of things. Maybe the toast got burned this morning, you know, or something else bugged us, and, you know, and, and so, you know, just irritated us. But, or at times it may seem like when we pray, our feelings tell us, well, your prayers aren't going past the ceiling. But we can choose to believe that God hears and answers prayer. If the satellites can pick up messages from our cell phones, God has no trouble hearing us. Faith that enables us to receive God's gifts is itself a gift. And some measure is imparted to every human being. Faith is taking God at his word. Looking constantly at Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Walk humbly with God and do not talk discouragement. In the darkest days when appearances, this is from Ministry of Healing, when appearances seem most forbidding, have faith in God. He is working out his will, doing all things well on behalf of his people. For he had said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. And I want to share some other interesting quotations, from some from fairly well-known people. Faith is not belief that God will do what we want. It is the belief that God will do what is right. Max Licato. Another um, writer, A.W. Tozer, said, Faith is the gaze of a soul upon a saving God. John Munyon, who wrote Pilgrim's Progress, um, probably the second most valuable spiritual book in the world after the Bible. I have given him my faith, he said, sworn my allegiance to him. How then can I go back and not be hanged as a traitor? In other words, don't give up. Of course, John Bunyan spent many, many years in prison because of his faith. Helen Keller, faith is the strength by which a shattered world shall emerge into the light. And today in our Sabbath school lesson, we spent a lot of time uh, reading and discussing the promises of God about a new heaven and a new earth. Another person wrote, Timothy Keller, it is not the strength of your faith 
but the object of your faith that actually saves you. Of course, that object is Jesus. Then Corey Ten Boom, who certainly knew a lot about trial and tribulation and hardship and sorrow. Faith is like a radar that sees through the fog the reality of things at a distance that the human eye cannot see. Martin Luther. Faith cannot be inherited or gained by being baptized into a church. Faith is a matter between the individual and God. Someone has suggested that God has no grandchildren. He only has children. In other words, receive him directly. And uh, someone else has suggested that um, being in church no more guarantees that you are a Christian and sitting in a garage guarantees that you're a car. Uh, so there's got to be more involved. There's got to be a relationship. Um, and yes, environment helps. Environment helps. And God wants us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. <coughs> Oswald Chambers wrote, Faith never knows where it is being led, but it loves and knows the one who is leading. Then Isaac Newton, this tremendous uh, scientist from the 1600s, 1700s, probably one of the greatest minds in all of history, he wrote, Trials are medicines which our gracious and wise physician prescribes because we need them. He proportions the frequency and the weight, because back then they measured medicines out by weight. Uh, he proportions the frequency and the weight of them to what the case requires. Let us trust his skill and thank him for his prescription. And I wanted to uh, share a little bit more about Isaac Newton. Um, uh, born in 1643 and died in 1727, at the age of 84, and really considered to be one of the greatest uh, geniuses of science of all times. Um, he discovered the law of gravity. Um, he uh, discovered the laws of motion, the refraction of light through a rainbow, uh, the theory of cooling, um, and how it could be measured between hot and cold bodies. Um, <clears throat> he also um, went to work on helping the British come up with a better coin that would be more difficult to, to counterfeit. So he was quite honored for that, to come up with a, count, a coin that was uh, couldn't be counterfeited as easily. We were having a lot of trouble with that. He also came up with a reflecting telescope. The original telescopes were completely optical and had a lot of... Uh, distortion problems, and so he came up with the reflecting telescope, which absolutely transformed astronomy, and of course is, is, is the primary thing that is used today on these giant telescopes, and he came up with that. Um, one other thing that he came up with, because he, uh, he loved animals, so he's the one who invented pet doors for animals. Um, that's, that's kind of interesting. That mixed in with all this heavy stuff in science. Um, but he was also very, very interested. He was a theologian. And he wrote a, a book 
called Observations Upon the Prophecies of Daniel and the Apocalypse of St. John. And in the preface to it, he said that he would show that the religion of the beast is Christianity corrupted. And he was fascinated by Bible chronology. And he predicted that the, that the world would end about the year 2060. Um, but it's interesting that in every part of life, he was so fascinated uh, by everything and was, was learning so much. But the Bible was, was very precious to him. Um, and he trusted God, as he said, uh, that when trials would come, that God knew what is best. Now, I realize that sometimes we cause our own trials. Do you believe that? Sometimes we cause our own difficulties. So we shouldn't blame those on God or the devil. We, sometimes we, we cause them ourselves. But nevertheless, God allows things to happen so that we may learn to trust. And as Rose shared beautifully this morning in Sabbath school, um, we can learn something more about God through each experience, each trial, through each difficulty that we go through if we are looking to him. Now, we can either choose to be bitter when things happen, tragedies happen, sad things happen, discouragements happen. We can say, I've had it. I'm out of here. I'm gone. Forget it. Um, God doesn't care if he's there. Um, or we can say, Lord, I don't understand, but I trust you to guide and to lead and someday help me to understand, to get me through this, to walk through. In fact, Jesus said, in this world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. What? I have overcome the world. And, and a few verses later he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We can forsake him, but he's not going to forsake us. One of the other dangers that and hazards to our faith is fear. And um, fear will rob you of your faith in God. Of course, fear is one of the weapons the devil uses against Christians. Um, the Israelites ended up spending 40 years in the wilderness because they were afraid to go into the promised land when God said go. Fear demobilizes, makes you powerless, makes you retreat from the enemy, in fact, can even invite death. And fear may even deny your entrance into heaven because Revelation 21.8 says, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, vile, the murderers, and all the rest of these terrible things that are listed, liars, idolaters, uh, sexually immoral, murderers, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Um, and you wonder, well, how in the world can fear be a sin? Irrational fear. Well, if we choose to be afraid and not believe God's promises, then basically we're saying, God, I don't believe you. You must be a liar because I don't believe you. Sometimes people don't actually say that or think it, but their actions reveal it. Because if they're not trusting God, 
that he'll do what he said he will do for us, then basically they're calling him a liar. And the last thing in the world that we should do is be misrepresenting the character of God. We are called to to believe, to, to trust, and to follow. Looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, um, literally, in the Greek it says, fixing our gaze on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. First Samuel chapter 7, it says, Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shin and called it Ebenezer, the stone of help. Thus far the Lord has helped us. I think in the old King James it says, hitherto the Lord has helped us. Um, we all need Ebenezer stones in our memories, in our lives, to look back and say, okay, we know that God was helping me here. Now, by faith, we, we believe he's helping all the time. But there are moments when we have the privilege of seeing him help us, seeing him give us courage, bringing us through circumstances that we saw no way to, to come through. Those are our stones of Ebenezer. One of the great challenges in our world today, um, particularly in, in closed countries, is getting Bibles in. And um, there are many, many organizations working to uh, get those Bibles smuggled into these countries. And they're doing it in a lot of, a lot of different ways. Sometimes they're just on the back of donkeys. And uh, sometimes they'll load up the donkeys, take them to a border, far away from the checkpoint and just let the donkey go. And eventually they'll get a message back on a cell phone, package delivered. Uh, it's amazing. Sometimes they're sending uh, Bibles on, on, on SD cards or flash drives on weather balloons, and when the weather's just right, letting them blow into North Korea. Uh, amazing the, the trust and faith of these dear people. And just recently, I, I, I read an amazing story of, and this was in Vietnam. Um, this man was, was trying to get Bibles into tribal Christians in the highlands. And, of course, it was illegal. And um, he had to take a 12-hour bus ride and through uh, checkpoints. And so he had his Bibles in a, in a little box just and um, carried with him. And uh, he wondered, you know, how in the world are we going to get through the checkpoints um, on, this, on this bus? Well, as he got on the bus, he, he sat down and he just set the little box of Bibles. But, of course, it was wrapped up, so you couldn't tell what it was. And it was down by his foot. And I guess it was a very crowded, very crowded bus. And right after he came in, of course, he was praying, Lord, help me, help me get these Bibles to these dear people. And, of course, there were Bibles in their language. And uh, in comes this uh, army captain. And apparently he sat down very close, and he saw a nice box, and he thought that would be a nice hat rack. So he took his nice captain hat and put it on top of the box. And so afterwards, when the checkpoints would come, they would stop the bus, and in come the soldiers to check everybody and, you know, see what's going on, be sure they didn't have contraband. Well, they would come in and look around. They look around, see the box. It's got an army captain's hat right on top. Must be okay. Didn't touch it. And the Bibles got through. 
Praise the Lord. And we thank God for these people who are on the front lines. A tremendous risk. Uh, because they love Jesus, they're willing to trust, they're willing to believe, and they're willing to follow. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of faith, the measure of faith. We pray, Lord, that as you send the sunshine of Jesus on our hearts and water it with the word of God, may it grow. May the seed grow and be multiplied to bless us and bless many others for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we ask, amen.